So, as Jess said, I'm concluding our series on foundations this morning. And I do have to um, just sort of let you know that this preacher isn't all holy mind this morning. It's a bit risky, isn't it? So the main crux of the idea came from Paul, and he's been very kind and let me use it to preach from this morning. So thank you, Paul. If you really like it, come and speak to me. If you don't, you can speak to Paul about it, and then that's just fine. So, yeah, what what I wanted to say to you this morning, I want to talk to you about talking and listening to Christians and having foundations in your life and in your Christian life. I think it has everything to do with foundations. Because if you're not talking and listening to God, what are you going to be building on? You know, sometimes we find ourselves where we don't want to be. Anyone ever do that? Going to work? Shopping? In a queue? At the dentist and paying for the privilege of it? You know, you may have many places that you've been in your life, maybe seasons that you've been through in your life, maybe places that you've been in your life that you've really not wanted to be, that you've really not enjoyed. You may be in one of those places right now. And you know, there's been times in my life when I've been in seasons and in places that I've not wanted to be. When our daughter Grace was ill in hospital, I really didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there on herself, but it wasn't a pleasant experience. When my mum passed away, sitting with her and waiting for the funeral director to come and take her away was not a pleasant experience. Holding my stillborn niece was not a pleasant experience. And maybe you've had experiences like this that you look back on and maybe you feel traumatised by them and they just sort of come with you everywhere you go. And it's like, I've been through that experience, I'm no longer in it, but actually it's like it it won't leave me alone. It's still there. And I think when we're in those places and when we think about those places, I think the questions we ask is, can I talk to God? Does God even hear me when I'm in that place? Does God want to talk to me about this? Does he want to answer me about my questions and my worries and my concerns and my doubts and my fears about these situations that I sometimes find myself in? About when they haunt me and knock on my door in the middle of the night? Psalm 139 verses 1 to 2 in the NIV says this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. God has searched us and he knows us. He knows those places. He knows those places that maybe you're worrying about this week that you've got to go or you've got to do. He knows those exams that you're worrying about. You know, it's that meeting at work that you're not looking forward to. Or seeing that person at Christmas time that you've not seen for a while and that's when you catch up with them. God knows and he's there. And he may feel afar off, but he sees how you feel. But you know, we find ourselves in those places and what do we often do? We rant, we get cross. Sometimes we turn our back on God. Maybe we stop going to church. You know, I believe that there are foundations that are still to be laid in those places. There are foundations of peace, of trust, of hope that we can lay in those difficult places. In those places where we'd rather not be, but we find ourselves sometimes. And you know, we can miss it. We can miss God in those places. We can get to the other side of him and just think, I don't know where God was then. 
You know, when someone sends us that nice footprint on this sand poem and we go, yeah, all right, whatever. My sand's got no footprints, it's just got crawl marks on it. <laughs> but we can miss God in it. And I believe God's there. And I believe sometimes when we can look back at those times and we think God wasn't there, to actually spend some time and reflect and consider where was God to find him in that place, even if it's a place of the past, then actually it brings healing and wholeness to our lives again. So maybe if you've got places that you've been that you haven't enjoyed being and they still walk with you, spend some time and look up that God was there with you. Because I believe that heals. And I want to look at two examples from the Bible who found themselves in places that they really didn't want to be and what they did in those places. So the first one is Joseph. If you don't know who Joseph was, he was one of 12 brothers. He was the favourite son of his father. The other brothers really didn't therefore like him because of that. His father brought him a nice coat it was multicolored. There's a whole thing going on in the West End about it, if you want to find out more. You might be better reading the Bible, though. But his brothers, like I said, really didn't like him, so they sold him into slavery, as you do. And he ended up in prison. And that's where we join the story. And the key thing I want you to look for in this is that God is in the situation with him. God is working, God is listening, and God is talking to him in the situation that he doesn't want to be in. He would. And I think that's key for us. Genesis 39, 20-21. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. And he showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So Joseph finds him in this place, quite understandably, where nobody wants to go. He's been sent to prison, he'd done nothing wrong, he'd been falsely accused... And, you know, you read that little bit where it says it was where the king's prisoners were confined. So you're thinking, oh, is this like the nicer prison? I don't think so. Like, this was ancient Egypt. The prison is not going to be nice just because you're the prisoners of Pharaoh. It's not going to be a pleasant place. But the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour. You know, and how often do we say, why is it always me? Anyone? And we think, oh, everything always goes wrong for me. Anyone? But you know, I believe that in those difficult places, God wants to show us kindness. God wants to show you favour. And God wants you to know that he's with you. When my mum was ill, my mum used to sort of, my mum was like my own personal taxi service even in my 30s. Which is a bit sad, isn't it, really? But we only had one car, so she was very kind. And she used to help me with picking the girls up from school, and then she'd come and pick me up from work. And I was really blessed, but then when she got ill, she couldn't really help as much. 
And we were like, how are we going to work this round? And I would borrow Paul's car and we would do different things. And sometimes I'd borrow my mum's car because she'd still got me in the insurance because I was still a little baby. But you know, God showed us his kindness because someone actually gifted us with a car. In the season where we were in need and where there was difficulty and there was hardship, God showed us kindness. God showed his kindness. You know, one of the places that we always went on holiday was to Cornwall when I was a child as a family. And God showed his kindness. We met some people who actually ran like a holiday place in Cornwall and they were like, come and have a holiday with us. Bring all of your family. And so we all went. And it was just such a blessing. In a place that I really didn't want to be when my mum was so ill, God showed us kindness. And I believe that he wants to do the same for you because I'm not special. It's not because I stand on this stage he showed his kindness. It's because I'm his daughter. And equally you're his daughter or his son. And he wants to show you kindness in your hardships and difficult places. He wants to put his favour upon you when the world wants to lock you away. God wants you to know that he is with you even in your darkest of days. But you know sometimes we can still have this captivity mentality. You know, if Jesus is come and we believe that he is our saviour, and you may not be at that place this morning, but we can get there. But if you believe that, and you think, well, Jesus has set me free. Then why do we often so live, so often live with a captivity mentality? We can be held captive by fear. We can be held captive by religion. We can be held captive by sin, by the judgment of others by our own thoughts and resentments. You know, COVID can still be holding you captive where you are. Envy, worry, addictions, and all of these things, we just bring shame upon us. And we're held captive in our own lives. This morning, whether it's for the first time or whether it's again, Jesus wants to set you free. Jesus wants to set you free in your minds and in your actions. Jesus wants to know that you are not alone. And just like Joseph, Jesus wants to meet with you today. In your prison, in your captivity. And I believe the things that help to break this captivity mentality is to recognise and realise that God is still working and shaping and moulding you in that place. You may not see something happen in the physical you may not see an actual change come about but God is still working and shaping and molding you as an individual in that place the other thing that I believe breaks it is understanding that God's promises are still true and they're still present in our difficult situations And to realise and recognise the kindness that God shows to us through people and through circumstances. You know, so often we choose to not see it. We choose to ignore it. You know, and I believe the biggest problem that we often have when we find ourselves in captivity is that we think nobody remembers us. No one's remembered me. No one's texted me this week. No one's rang to see where I was. None of my family are bothered whether I go or not. If they don't hear from me, they don't get back. No one remembers me. No one cares about me. And it entraps us even further because we entrap ourselves. 
I believe the key to breaking free from captivity is knowing that we've not been forgotten. You are not forgotten. God knows your name. You're not forgotten. You are not forgotten. Tell the person next to you, you are not forgotten. You're not. Because God knows your name. And you may feel like your family forget you. You may feel like your friends forget you. You may feel like church forgets you. You may feel like your colleagues at work forget you. You may feel like your neighbours forget you. You may feel like you're the most ignored person in the world. But you're not forgotten. Because God knows your name. And God sees. And God is with you. And God is for you in your captivity. So when life throws you in jail and the key goes amissing, God doesn't need a key. God is right there in that with you. You know, Joseph didn't want to be in prison. But it was in this place that I believe he learned skills for his future. And he also met the man who was to get him released from prison and introduced to Pharaoh. If he wasn't in that place that day, then would his future and destiny actually have been fulfilled? Can I encourage you in your captivity, in your dark place, in your difficult place, on your days where you feel like you've forgotten, to say, thank you, God, that you have a plan and a future for me. And I can find it from this place that I stand in right now. And that you are here with me. And today is no surprise to you. God is with you in your captivity. And he means it for good. And he will turn it to good. If we trust him and hold on to him in that place. The second person I want us to look at this morning is Jeremiah. Now Jeremiah was a prophet in the Old Testament. And basically God would speak to him and he would share what God had said to the Israelites at the time. And at the time when Jeremiah was around, the Israelites were in um, exile in Babylon. Now, Jeremiah himself wasn't in Babylon. He was still in Jerusalem. And the reason he was still in Jerusalem was because a certain amount of Jews were left there. And yet God was still speaking to the Israelites. So he would write to them. And so in the book of Jeremiah, we find some of these letters that he wrote to the Israelites who were in captivity. And this is literally the word of God to them where they are at, in the place where they find themselves You know, and we ask many questions when we find ourselves in exile. Where is God? Why am I in this situation? I want to go home. Anyone? It may not be his favourite place, but it's still a place. I remember growing up and going to school when I was probably about six or seven. And the school that I went to, there was a really long path that went along the side of the playing fields that you walked along before you got to the school. And I would literally cry all the way along the path with full force and vigour. It didn't lessen, it didn't get less. If anything, it got worse until we got to school. And my mother would send me into that place while still crying... I did not want to go there. I felt exiled from my home every day when she sent me. And so I learned the lesson well and did the same thing to my children. I used to scream so loudly that you could hear them the other side of the road after you'd left. 
I? Maybe it's like a generational thing that's following me. You know, sometimes we can have that much of a mickey about where we find ourselves and where we are because we don't want to be there. But I think Jeremiah wants to teach us something in part of what he wrote to the Israelites. Jeremiah 29, 5-7 says this. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city in which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Anyone praying for that place that they find themselves where they don't want to be? Or are you praying your way out of it? Maybe we need to change our mentality. You know, we often have an exile mentality. In exile, we can find ourselves in that place because of relationships that we've been in and we've been outcasted. Maybe we're literally far from home. You know, very often we'll feel in life like we put one thing in and get something else out. It's like predictive text. I did find some examples, but I thought I'd best not share them from the stage. When I write to my daughter, Grace, predictive text changes it. It changes it for Olivia as well. Olivia often calls her Gareth. So a little pet name we've got for her. Not a real name, just what predictive text has given her via Olivia. Via me, though, Grace has become grave. Slightly worrying that your mother would message and go, Hi, Grave! You know, an exile mentality puts negative things and harsh things and speaks the worst and speaks death and destruction over where we are. And you can choose to do that. Or you can choose to read back on what you're going to say and chase the grave into grace and speak grace into your situation and believe for hope and a future in your situation. You know, exile mentality causes us to live like we're camping. I hate camping. It's horrible. It's like I want pay for some pay someone to slip on some grass and be have a bad back and and then it rains and it I don't understand you people who go. What is wrong with you? Each to their own, eh? But I really just don't like camping. But the benefit of camping is you can move around. Like we'll go on holiday and say something sturdy. We can't really take it with us if we want to move around. If we think, oh, well, we won't go here for a week and then go somewhere else. We can't do it. We're just like we're stuck in that place. Whereas if you're camping, you're just like picking your skirt up and pick your skirt up and off you go, put it down somewhere else. They should do tents with little feet holes in, shouldn't they? they just... (laughs) 
It'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? Would that work for you campers? I don't really know. I don't like camping. It'd work for me anyway. Sometimes you feel like a different view around the campsite. You're too close to the toilet. Oh my word, why did we put the tent here? All of those joyous things. I have camped, by the way, so I'm not speaking as someone who's never camped, if you want to come and shout at me afterwards. But when you've got an exile mentality, you live like you're camping. You live like you're camping in your relationships. Well, I'm not really going to commit, but yeah, I like you. I'm going to spend some time with you, but I'm not going to put any roots down with you. Because I might decide that I want to be friends with this person over here instead. You know, we live like we're camping with church. Well, I'll attend and I'll come on a Sunday, but... uh, I don't think I'm really going to start tithing and I'm not going to start, you know, volunteering or getting involved. I'm not going to join a small group because I'm, I'm, I just want to keep my options open. I might want to shift and move. God might be doing something in the church over there that looks more interesting. I might prefer the worship in the church over there. Oh, there's a new church that's opened. I'll go and set up camp in the next one. It's exile mentality. God says, put down roots. God says, grow things and build. Do we like the exile place sometimes? Not at all. I don't think the Israelites Israelites like Babylon one single little bit. But God told them to build houses and settle down in that place. You know, we can live like we're camping in many areas. With our job, we just keep moving around. With all sorts of things. Because if I'm still able to run, if I'm still able to change, then I won't get hurt. And we have to see the truth. That you may be in a place that you don't like, but it is still a place. And God is calling us to build houses and settle down. Now, be careful because sometimes God isn't telling us to build houses and settle down sometimes God does call us to move out and go to new places so don't get offended and don't get stuck somewhere that you shouldn't be so if you're not sure and you don't know speak to somebody speak to your small group lead ask someone to pray for you be careful don't take it with a whitewash brush what I'm saying Because there are times when you do need to move. There are times when you do need to go and resettle. There did come a time when the Israelites left Babylon and went back to Jerusalem. But there are seasons where we need to build and settle down in the places that we don't want to be. Where we bear fruit. Where we increase. Where we believe for peace and prosperity. Where we dig in and we dig foundations. Psalm 137, 1 to 4 says this. We're still in Babylon. You can sing along if you want. (laughs) By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captives asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while we are in a foreign land? Because we're pining and because we have self-pity and because we're full of apathy and loathing, because we're having a bit of a sulk, 
because really underneath we're really angry and we don't want to be here anymore. You know, the ironic thing about it is if you have made a decision that Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, then living here on earth, you are in exile. Because your kingdom is in heaven. And your home is in heaven. That means this is not home. That means you are in exile. And what does God tell us to do in this place? In this place, God tells us to share the good news. In this place, God tells us to let people know that they are loved. In this place, God tells us to sing of who he is. So in your exile, sing. In your exile, rejoice. In your exile, share that there is good news to be had. God is calling you in your exile to awaken. Wake up. Wake up from your, from your apathy. Wake up from your self-pity. Wake up. Wake up in that place and realise that God has put you there to be a shining light for him. God has put you there as a kingdom of heaven person to bring heaven down to earth, to speak good news, to bring hope, to share your faith in that place. But instead we sulk and we moan and we complain and we hang our harps up on the poplars. If you haven't got any of them in your garden, one, whatever you want. But God is calling us to sing. Sing in your exile. Share that good news. Share the hope that you have. You know, the best place to sing songs of Zion is where you are right now. Whether you're in captivity, whether you're in exile, whether you're in your happy place, sing the songs of Zion. You know, and there are days where we need to break that exile mentality off our lives. And I believe we do it by keep working together, by meeting together. You know, and if you've not come back to church and you're listening online, and I know for some of you there are very genuine reasons, and if that's the case, please stay where we are, you are. We love you, we're with you. But otherwise, come back to church. Come back. Don't exile yourself from church. Come back to church. You know, God wants us to grow in the knowledge of him in the place where we are. He wants to speak to us and talk to us. He wants to teach us new things. You know, we break exile mentality when we realise and recognise the presence of God in that place. When we realise and recognise that he is with us and that we are not alone. When we realise that God is still speaking. When Jeremiah writes us that letter. He may not say what we want him to say. We may not hear what we want to hear. But God is still speaking. And I really and truly believe this morning that the ability to reflect and find God in our circumstances, those circumstances that challenge our faith, those circumstances that shake us to the very foundations, I believe the ability to reflect and see God in that place is the thing that can change our future, that changes our mentality where we are and allows us to break free 
even though we may find ourselves still in captivity and still in exile. So the last thing I want to do before I invite the band up is just read through a few of the things I've said this morning. I believe the power of reflection is key for us today. That we spend some time and reflect and consider. You know, generally we're, we're not a very reflective generation. We don't have a very reflective cultural society at times. And people who would maybe sit and reflect, we perhaps think they're a bit peculiar and a bit odd. But I believe that there's great measure and great power in sitting and reflecting and taking some time and considering, well, what, what has God said to me this morning? What has he said to me through, through the worship, through what Josh said, through what Sarah's talked about? What has God been saying to me this morning? Because reflection shows us the bigger picture. Reflection brings growth in our understanding of God and of ourselves. It changes our thinking and our point of view when we take time to reflect and see God in that place. I believe that the only thing that Joseph and Jeremiah really had a heads up on on his words was that they could see God in and through those circumstances. And I'm sure they had their own days where they wanted to spit their dummy out of the pram. I'm sure they had their own moments where they found it difficult and they wallowed in self-pity and they got angry about it. But they actually found God in that place and recognised what he was saying to them. So this morning I want us to just reflect. Reflect that God is using your situation for good. There is a plan and purpose God is good in your situation. God is there in your situation. Have a minute and think about where he is. Find him because he's there. Ask him, God, show me where you are in this. You know, as we reflect, we can develop the best mentality for living. Instead of having a captivity mentality, or an exile mentality. We can actually reflect on God's word, reflect as we pray, reflect as we think, and have a mentality of hope, of holiness, of trust. As we reflect, you know, maybe we realise that we can begin to enjoy life again. You know, pining for something that you don't have, it just brings self-pity. But learning to enjoy life, even in those difficult days, actually helps to build for the future. It makes you stronger. You know, and life is just as valuable in exile as it was in Jerusalem. There's value in every place that you find yourself because God is there. You may be in Babylon at the minute, but God is there with you. And God wants to give you a passion for the season you find yourself in. 
He wants to give you a passion for the place that you find yourself in. Because then when you come out to the other side of it and you meet other people who are struggling in that place, you've got some hope to share with them. You've got some wisdom to share with them because you broke free yourself. You know, this morning I want you to consider that God directs our lives and shapes our values through every circumstance we find ourselves in. And more important than anything, as you reflect today, please know you're not forgotten. God knows your name. God knows your name in that prison cell. God knows your name in that place of exile. And he is with you. And he is for you. And he is using it for good. And he means it for good. And he wants to show you his kindness. And he wants to pour his favour upon you. Despite your circumstances. You know, if the band want to come and join me. I want to pray for you this morning. I just want to ask you to stand. You know, if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you've not begun that relationship with him, just take a moment. Take a moment. Say, God, I'm sorry for the things I've done. I want you in my life. I want to start a journey. And come and speak to someone afterwards. Speak to someone in a red lanyard. We would love to talk to you and help you on the process of that journey. And I just want to pray. Let's just take a minute. God, we want to take some time talking and listening to you today. God, as we take a minute. God, as we reflect upon you, upon our circumstances, upon things that you've been speaking to us about this morning, this last week, this last month, this last year. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come in power, that you would move again in people's lives, that you would break off captivity and exile mentalities from people's lives that there would be freedom in their place this morning God I pray that you would bring your healing that you would bring a wholeness for people as they find themselves in places that they don't want to be God that you would remind them that you are there with them that they are not forgotten Holy Spirit we just ask that you would come and minister to people today. God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. We thank you, God, that you have searched us and that you have known us. You know when we sit and when we rise. 
and that you see our thoughts from afar. God, and I pray that as you do, that you would tell us the things that we need to hear right now. Holy Spirit, speak to us as we sing this next song. And if you just want to take a moment and be quiet during this song, then that's absolutely fine. And allow the Holy Spirit to keep moving in your heart and mind, to keep bringing that healing, to keep bringing that breakthrough. Amen.